Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. For the first time this May, 16 and 17-year-olds will be part of the Welsh electoral franchise. This same extension to the franchise has been implemented for Scottish elections since the 2014 referendum and saw huge young voter engagement. However, will the Welsh political parties engage sufficiently with younger voters to see them make a marked difference to the result of the Senedd election? Joining me and Kerry this evening are Maisie Evans and Poppy Stoll Evans, who are co-hosts of the Young Female and Opinionated podcast. Hello, Poppy. Hello, thank you for having me today. Thank you very much for coming on. And Maisie, hello. Hey, thank you. <laughs> We've also got with us Lloyd Warburton, who is founder of the coronavirus.cymru COVID-19 statistics page. Hello, Lloyd. Good evening. Good to be here. Thank you very much for coming on. And we've also got Lisa Childs, who's director of NUS Cymru. Hello, Lisa. Shabai Nosvetha. Hello. Nosvetha. Hello. Um, we'll start off with a, a relatively simple question. Poppy, do you think that it's widely known by young people that they will be entitled to vote in this year's Senate election? To be honest, I think the knowledge that 16 and 17 year olds now have the right to vote, which, by the way, personally, I'm so excited about. Um, I think this is an amazing opportunity. But I think, unfortunately, this knowledge isn't as widely known as it should be. I think a lot of the young people who are typically politically um, active and who are um, typically engaged in politics know about it and they're excited, they're ready to vote, you know, they're campaigning, they're feeling energised. However, I think that um, a lot of young people don't realise that they have this opportunity. And personally, that concerns me because there's only so much we can expect schools and families to do. You know, the responsibility needs to go to somebody else to make sure that these young people are aware of that, because I genuinely believe that 16 and 17 year olds are going to have such a powerful voice in this election and that they could really influence it. And I just hope that they're given the opportunity to express this power and to really embody it and really use it. I think, like Poppy said, the people who are typically politically engaged um, do know. Um, and thankfully, actually, that's my kind of circle of friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Poppy said, I don't think that, you know, every young person knows, definitely not. And I'm not sure what the stats are actually on how many 16 to 17 year olds have registered to vote. Um, but I'd like to think they're quite high, um, although realistically, I don't think they, they're high enough. Lisa, do you have any interesting information on that? Does anything, is anything NUS Cymru doing at the moment to, to, to see how many young people are, are engaging? Yeah, this is our entire focus for the next few weeks as we approach the voter registration deadline. So we'll be working with some of the apprentices, college students and uni students that we represent to make sure they know when that deadline is. One kind of complicating factor for us this time with voter registration in particular is that some of the uni students who would be entitled to vote in Wales because they study here may actually not be in Wales currently. So that adds a kind of extra complication. So yeah, we I don't have any stats to hand, but it's certainly a focus for us. We'll be making sure everyone's registered. And then once they're registered that they can make cast their vote with the best information possible. Lloyd, what about you? In my experience, I think the people who most need to know the most politically engaged already do. The school I'm in has pretty much put notices out saying you can register to vote now from the age of 14 and you can vote from 16 in Wales. But I, I don't think everyone knows. 
yeah, that's really all I can say. Just the people who need to know most do, but I don't think it's widely known among everyone who's 16 and 17 yet. Lloyd, if, you know, the, there are people who do know, there are people who aren't, but it's also a big, big onus on the parties themselves to engage with young voters. How do you think that's going so far? Do you think parties are really stepping up to this new part of the electorate? I think a couple of them, I'd say Labour and Plaid Cymru especially, have been quite sort of out there with young voters, but not all of them are. Most of the others have just sort of totally ignored the fact or spoken up against it, which is only really going to go badly for them from the election. Um, yeah, I think kind of from my perspective, some parties have they've started to look at how they can engage with young people and I think they've started to respect the young person's voice and I don't know whether that's a choice of their own or whether that's because for years now young people have demanded that we're listened to and demanded that change is made for our future which obviously has been inspiring to see but I don't think that parties are quite doing enough and I'm not sure why that would be as I mentioned I do think that we're going to have a massive influence in this election and um, so it's either that parties aren't realising that or that potentially they're worried about what that might mean for their outcome in this election. Um, but yeah, I don't think parties, all parties are doing the amount they should be. Their efforts are beginning to be made. Yeah, I'd like to pick up on something that Lloyd said a second ago about the people who most need to, to know know. Um, I disagree with that. I'd say the people who most need to know are the ones who don't know yet. Um, I'd say that we need to be reaching out to those who aren't typically politically engaged, the ones who maybe aren't involved with local youth councils, um, like myself and Poppy, I know, um, and those who aren't members of political parties. I think we really need to start finding a way to engage with those young people and make them realise exactly what they can do I mean participation is so important with every age group and especially the youngest generations because it's our future um, any decision that's made in in the Senate or in Parliament at the moment is going to affect us a lot more than anyone else um, that, that's inevitable um, and as for parties engaging with young people I don't think they're doing enough not at all I don't think they realize yet um, which will be disastrous for them <laughs> um, how much of an impact the vote at 16 will have on the election this year um, and people say that the demographic isn't enough um, but young people have the biggest influence on others whether that be through social media or through sort of peer influence um, I do think that we're going to have a huge influence on on whatever happens in the election. What, what about those slightly older Lisa that are already perhaps at voting age how how do the parties do with the NUS kind of age group? Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that because obviously we represent uh, students from the age of 16. You know, you, a student isn't a, a particular age category. You can be a student at any age in your life. And obviously a student is a, you know, students aren't a homogenous group. But picking up on what Maisie was saying there, I actually agree is with this idea that, yeah, 16 and 17 year olds perhaps don't represent enough of the voting demographic to cause a seismic shift or a massive swing in any particular way, but they do have this influence and impact. And people in their 20s, people in their early 30s will certainly be influenced by what, you know, what the young people think. And they kind of, in my experience anyway, keep us on our toes, keep us radical, kind of push the envelope, really pushing the green agenda, really pushing us on societal issues and kind of pushing us to do better. 
So I do agree with that statement that the younger people have an influence on perhaps their wider age group, but also the neighbouring age groups as well. Definitely. And I think we also have a bit of an influence on our parents. I think that, you know, the argument against votes of 16 is that young people will follow suit um, and vote in whatever way their parents do. And I'd say that in some cases, it's the opposite. I think a lot of young people are having an impact on their parents' decisions. And we've seen it with COVID as well. Um, you know, young people have been given the blame for all of the peaks, um, all of the spikes. You know, I think that young people are having a positive impact on older generations as well and encouraging them to vote. I know that it's opened a conversation in my household um you know it's always been a discussion point but it's definitely opened it up you know as i've become more politically engaged and i'd like to think that that's happening in houses the length and breadth of wales i think in regards to young people influencing the opinions of others or you know our voice i suppose being important to other people i think this goes even further than just on a community level as well and then just on a family and friends level. I think that we've kind of seen through movements like the climate strikes, um, like Black Lives Matter marches, you know, we've kind of seen young people at the forefront of that and really pushing change. And of course, that's been inspiring to see. But I do think that this links to government action Personally, I'm heavily involved with climate activism. I'm chair of the Youth Climate Ambassadors for Wales. And from my perspective, I honestly believe that without the influence of young people and without young people, to be frank, causing a bit of a fuss, then the, this might not be so high on the decision makers agenda. And I think that this is really important to note because I think that young people we know our voice is important and we know that it can have an effect because we've seen it, but I don't know whether young people know that voting will have a similar effect and I don't know whether they necessarily see voting as a priority, I suppose, of their campaigning. Of course, a lot of young people want to vote and they want to influence it, but I don't know whether a lot of young people are educated enough to realise the impact that their vote can actually have, what it means. This year, campaigning and the way we approach an election is going to be quite different with pandemic restrictions. But are any of you aware of any kind of hustings or events primarily aimed at the, the younger element of the electorate? Do you want go to go, on, Poppy? Go <laughs> we went to the same one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few weeks ago, Youth Cymru's um, branch, Slice Evank, hosted their own youth things, and it had a panel um, of speakers. Um, and, you know, that was a great opportunity for some candidates to explain their stance on a few issues. Um, very topical things came up, like transphobia, like climate change, um, things that young people really care about, um, which was important. And I think that's fab. I think that's a great way to engage with young people and I hope to see a lot more coming out. Um, I know that NIAS are hosting one um, if they haven't already hosted it um, and I know that a few others will be as well. Um, so I look forward to going to those. Yeah, um, I've heard of the quite similar as Maisie and I think that hustings are really important because I think it gives an opportunity to humanise the policies a little bit and to humanise what we see as politics on the telly and people who aren't quite accessible. So I'm a big fan of hustings um, and I know that quite a few kind of climate organisations and organisations run kind of by young people are hosting a few. For example, Climate Cymru, which is a group aiming to represent the um, 
the Voice of Wales at COP26, is hoping to host one on the 22nd of April with party um, with representatives from all major parties discussing climate action. Um, but yeah, I think hustings are really important, but as well, I think more could be done to promote them, to make sure that young people are aware of them, to be able to access that information and further, you know, make a vote that really represents their opinions. Well, we recently had our NUS annual conference and we had uh, party representatives from uh, Labour, Plaid Cymru, the Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats. Um, I think we've been, to give the parties their due, it's actually quite hard to plan this year because obviously they're (laughs) in the midst of dealing, you know, responding to policy with the COVID crisis and also to what extent can an, a Zoom kind of hustings cut across? But I think, you know, if you're going to influence whoever turns up to their hustings online or, you know, hopefully we'll have some on the TV as well, then I think that's worth doing because anyone influenced is, you know, worth influencing. Because I think the elephant in the room is that we're talking about youth engagement, whereas, you know, Wales-wide engagement at the Senate election is dire it's really low so if we can reach anyone whether they be young old or middle-aged then I think it's worth doing so because I think we are at a bit of a kind of fork in the road here of perhaps losing our senior then we need to kind of fight for it and in order to do that we need people to vote at the senior elections. Yeah I think Lisa's right you really hit the nail on the head there by saying that you know Wales wide turnout is quite low um, and we're seeing that trend amongst young people. I asked one of my closest friends who is very politically active um, whether she was going to vote in this year's Senate elections and she said no and I, I took a step back and I thought what are you saying? <laughs> I mean come on you know your stuff why aren't you going to vote and she said that she simply doesn't know why she should vote in a Senate election. She said that if she had the right to vote for UK Parliament elections she would but for the Senate, she didn't realise that it had an impact on her life. And I thought to myself, one of the biggest things that has an impact on your life, education, is decided by Welsh Government. Um, and so after I explained, you know, what sort of powers were devolved to Wales, she finally came round and said that she would vote in the Senate elections. But I think that sums it up, really. Young people don't know what they're engaging with. They don't know what they're voting for um, or indeed why that's important. I think this highlights a really important point. I think that a lot of young people don't know enough about devolution, which is a shame because it does influence our lives in so many ways. But I do think that almost a weird benefit of this pandemic has been that it has highlighted the powers of the Welsh Assembly and the Welsh Government, and it has highlighted how it directly impacts us, um, which has, I know for a lot of my peers and my French group, it has really opened their eyes to who our First Minister is, to you know what the Senev does and to how it affects them, which has been really important. But I do think that more needs to be done because we can't just rely on pandemics to provide this information yeah on top of that poppy i think if you know if we can't build voter engagement at the devolved level off the back of this year where our government has been on our tv every week sometimes three times a week sometimes four times a week and the policies they decide have been the talking points of every house and hold up and down the country then when can we and you know one of the biggest budget spends of the welsh government is health and we have seen health policy played out on prime time this year and i think if we can't build on that then it would be a huge crying shame i also 
kind of think as well, we've lost our MEPs. We're about to lose, let's face it, a sizable chunk of our Westminster representation in our MPs as well. So I, I do feel like this is quite a defining election. And I don't want to be dramatic, but it is a fight for our democracy. And we really need to make sure that the CNR has a voter turnout that makes it respectable and reputable as well. Lloyd, uh, there's probably a few people here who've tracked uh, the impact that coronavirus has had on Wales more than you in this last year. But obviously, as Kerry said, that's completely changed the way that political parties traditionally communicate with voters. Have you been contacted by any of the political parties directly in relation to how you're going to vote? And if so, do you feel like they've actually tailored that message to you as a younger voter? Or are they just treating you like any other voter? And if they have tailored that message, do you think they're talking down to younger voters at all? I haven't been contacted personally directly by any parties, but I've seen sort of adverts and stuff on Instagram and social media targeting young people, and they don't they don't really come across as being massively engaging. But I wouldn't say that they're condescending or anything like that. It's it's almost like the, there's a disconnect, but it's not a huge one. It's not a long stream to jump. I suppose is the metaphor for that. Lloyd, on that, if you've had targeted ads. Perhaps you're not the right person to ask, but do you feel like that message is then less genuine because you know you can see that it's a promoted ad or a targeted ad? Do you feel like that is a useful technique or would you rather, do you think that perhaps a more organic conversation on Facebook, Instagram or TikTok is, is better for the parties to use? Um, yeah, I suppose with the, the adverts that are targeted to age groups, the more engaged people are going to see them and go, yeah, I, I note this, but I know a lot of disengaged people, when they see an advert, whatever it is, they don't even look at it, they just skip it. So I think there does need to be more direct discussion with individuals rather than just paying a bit of money to tell thousands of people about it. I, I agree with that point, definitely. I think that engagement with all young people, you know, a diverse range of young people of backgrounds, ethnicity, sexuality is really important. And um, because something that really concerns me with political engagement from political parties is that they're only getting in contact personally with those young people who are already engaged with those young people who I suppose would represent the party well in a sense who they know are already voting for them and I think that's important because I really think it's important to promote active youth political voices but I think that that should be um that should work hand in hand with also getting in touch and also engaging with a diverse range of young people and not just relying on that one voice you know I, like I said I'm a big advocate for empowering the youth voice but I do believe that should be empowering all of the youth voice not just the few who make you look good for the next 10 minutes yeah I agree with that and I think that you know we often jump to education as a sort of um, solution to educating young people but we've also got to remember those who aren't in mainstream education you know what are we doing to reach the young people who are educated at home who are in maybe special referral units um, and things like that how are we engaging with those kinds of young people the young people in care the young carers themselves um, and people from ethnic minority groups I think it is important that we find different ways um, and maybe social 
social media ads are a good way to do that. Um, but like Lloyd said, a lot of people just scroll past um, unless they've got a nice jacket or a nice pair of jeans on them, Like, like in, in which case I would click on it, um, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we've got to find innovative ways. And maybe COVID, we all seem to be quite innovative at the moment, maybe more innovative than usual. Um, maybe now is the chance for us to really think of a good way to engage with those kinds of young people. Talking about engagement, one of the major things people vote for, of course, is on is on policy. Uh, do you feel as though political parties are actually trying to engage with young people when they're formulating their no. policy? <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't think they are at all. Um, I mean, the manifestos haven't all been released yet, have they, for this year's election, um, as we speak. But I don't think that the policies will target young people at all, because I don't think, like I said, I don't think they realise the kind of influence that we're going to have on the vote. They're going to write their manifestos, write up their policies in the same ways that they normally do, targeting their usual voters, um, which is wrong. I think that they do need to think about the ways that they can engage other people. Um, but unfortunately, no, not at the moment. I'd have to slightly disagree there. I don't think that all parties have necessarily shaped their policy around, you know, appealing to young people or around to appealing the kind of opinions and, um, and how young people view the world. However, from my perspective, like I've mentioned, working um, heavily with climate activism, I have noticed a lot of parties um, re responding to my emails or getting in touch to discuss how they can best apply kind of the messages my organisations are trying to spread to their manifesto, which has been really refreshing. Um, uh, but not all parties have done that, of course, but I do believe that some parties are trying to make an active effort to understand the youth perspective, which is important. And I think this is important not just because it's going to win their votes of the 16 and 17 year olds, but it's also important because a lot of the things that young people are passionate about are issues that are going to impact our future for decades to come. Um, and I think that it's important that parties are beginning to shape policy around this, whether this be to win our vote or whether this be because they actually care about these issues, at least these policies are beginning to be formed. Poppy, do you think there's a difference across Wales? Because I see that different representatives have different views on helping young people or engaging with young people. Do you think it's different based on your constituency representatives or in Wales, your regionals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really lucky in Newport East. My representative for the Senate is really in touch with me and he always tries to contact and engage with me, which I'm really lucky to have. But I know a lot of the people who I do work with and who I do activism with, they they don't even know necessarily who their Senate member is because they've never contacted them or they've never seen them in a place that's accessible to them. The Senate members can be from the same party necessarily and be different with how they behave with young people and different with how they want to engage and I do think that's an issue that perhaps needs that perhaps needs to be addressed because you know young people should be given the same opportunity to be engaged and to express their voice no matter where they're from in Wales. Lloyd what do you think you live out west and it's very easy for us who live down in south east Wales to think that we're closer to uh, where the decisions are made but do you think that any regional or geographical differences impact on that as well? Yeah, definitely. I think the policy interests, for example, compare Cardiff, a big city, with Ceredigion, which is very rural. Not only do the members come from different parties, but they also have different interests. They need to sort of appease a 
different type of person. So, for example, there's a lot of students in Cardiff, but in Ceredigion, you might expect, you might see, for example, a party that isn't traditionally sort of down with farmers suddenly getting very interested in, like with, like with Labour, for example, you don't think of them as being the farmers' party, but in Ceredigion, they are involved in agriculture. So it very much depends, not only the party and the representative, but also what's going on in the constituency. So Lisa, if, if the parties aren't engaging, what opportunities are available for young people to engage either in broader civic society or, or to directly find a way through civic society to feed that back into the political parties? Yeah, I guess one good thing to quickly add before I answer that question is that in Wales, we have, you know, if you can't get in with your constituency candidate or your constituency MS, at least you have the regional list candidates and the regional list sitting MSs to lobby anyway, or, you know, get slide into their DMs or into their inboxes. Um, but if you're, if you are hitting roadblocks left, right and centre with the parties, then there are a multitude of charities, grassroots organisations that you can get involved with in Wales. We have a really, really, really strong civic, you know, culture in Wales, thriving, one might say. And these people, unlike perhaps our neighbours in England, the political parties do listen to civic society, they do listen to charities and they do listen to grassroots organisations. We, you know, because we're smaller, everyone knows each other, the cliches are true and you can have a bit more access. So yeah, a quick Google search, get on your social media, you know, just put out, put out something on Instagram, someone in your network somewhere will know someone who knows someone who can help you. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I also, we can see this year, I've seen it, that more organisations are working together in order to form coalitions, especially in the green space, as, we, as Poppy said, as we head up to COP26. People are forming alliances and coalitions on single issues um, to get a bit more representation. So if, if you're interested in an issue, go down that route. Or if you're just, you want to engage and you're hitting roadblocks, um, yeah, try and get in touch with some organisers in your local area or in policy interest. I think we've touched on this in a few questions, but I think it's worth exploring a little further. Historically, young people aren't as engaged or seem to be engaged with politics as other other age categories and demographics. Do you think that is still the case? And if it is, what do you think we can do to really improve that situation? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important question. I think that, as I've mentioned, the engagement from young people has skyrocketed over the last few years, or at least it seemed to have gone that way because of, you know, it's been amplified through social media. We've seen it more. Um, but I also think that can be quite a dangerous perception. I think, yes, a lot more young people are much more engaged now and they're much more engaged, not just in the sense of campaigning, but actually in a way having a seat at the table and working with those decision makers to make the change they want to see. However, I think that not all young people are in that position. I think it's quite dangerous for us to assume that every young person feels empowered enough to use their voice and feels even as though their voice matters. I think for you know, a disproportionate amount of young people, they, they aren't politically engaged, not because they don't have political opinions, but because they don't know whether their voice is welcomed in that sphere. 
they don't know whether their voice is going to be respected or they don't even realize that they have a voice and that their voice is so important and can make such an impact and I think that's an issue that really needs addressing not just because of this election but as a general rule I know a lot of my peers have even more developed political opinions than me and more well-researched and well-informed opinions that I may have on a topic but would never say this to a decision maker or never say this outside of our friendship circle or outside of the common room in sixth form because they don't realize the power of their voice which is really disheartening to see i'd like to think that you know a lot of young people um, are engaged in politics but i think that's because i'm engaged in politics and my networks are engaged in politics um, you know i sit on several local youth councils and forums um, public service boards. I was a member of the Welsh Youth Parliament. Um, and so I know a lot of people who are engaged, but I think that's quite a dangerous view that I've got. I don't think that's representative of the youth demographic at all. Um, I think that we are missing a lot of voices um, from schools and outside of schools. Um, and so again, I think now's the chance to reach out to those. Yeah, I think it's, it's a really interesting question because you're obviously asking for political nerds, this question, or for people who are engaged, um, whereas, you know, we have to accept the fact that for some people, um, they are marginalised in society, they have other priorities, you know, they're carers, they are living in precarious home situations, they, they just have other things going on. And as Poppy has kind of explained, to, to feel like your vote counts is actually quite a confident statement to make about you, about your belief that things can change and your belief in systems. And I think we need to basically instill that confidence in everyone, whether that be at home, through the education system, through the media, through the press, um, through influencers and social media. One thing I will say though, in a kind of broad brush thing is that I do think that younger generations care more about issues. Um, so hopefully we can try to harness that and turn that into uh, political engagement. I don't know whether we're living through a particularly unusual time or maybe I'm just taking more notice of what's happening around me at the moment, but I just feel like the past four years, I just think so much has happened that has kind of lit a fire in young people's bellies to get out there and have their say and to kind of flip a phrase on its head, take back control of their future. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think that we see that young people are sort of at the forefront of change um, on certain issues like climate change, like anti-racism movements, um, and indeed on more devolution or independence for Wales. And so, yeah, I, I hope that we can sort of translate that I don't know, passion um, into engagement, um, because I think that's important. I think young people need a more holistic view of politics. Um, they're engaged enough on certain issues, um, and it's important that we sort of harness young people's passion um, and make them vote for, for wider issues too. 
Yeah, and um, just to quickly comment, I absolutely agree with that. I think that a lot of young people have really passionate and really ardent convictions for so many important topics in our society. Um, and I don't think that young people necessarily are that attracted to party politics anymore. Don't get me wrong, I know a few young people who are really strong and passionate members of certain parties, absolutely. However, I think as a consensus, perhaps young people are more inclined to focus on one issue because in a way, the reality of the fact is that if you commit yourself to solving one issue, you're more likely to do that than if you commit yourself to solving 10. Um, but yeah, I do definitely think young people are politically engaged, but I don't know whether it's politically, it's political engagement in the sense that we're used to or in the traditional sense, which is certainly interesting to see. We're obviously talking about uh, the Senate elections here tonight, but um, also with the UK elections, Wales, generally has a lower turnout at UK Parliament elections. Lloyd, do you think that's the case in your area of Wales or is it, you know, for yourself and the school, your your political environment, is it seen as a lower lower importance than the Senate? Um, I think locally in Ceredigion, they're seen as more or less equal. We are an area that tends to have a quite a high turnout. I think we were in the high 70% in the last Westminster election and in the mid-50s in the Senate. So I think they're more or less locally seen as equal. But I think young people, uh, many of them don't seem to really get devolution. They can't wrap their heads around it because you see sometimes, for example, they share a petition from the UK Parliament website that's on a devolved issue. And you, you just sort of think, great, you sign that petition if you want. But ultimately, it's down to the Welsh government to decide that and that yeah, there's just some sort of misunderstanding about devolution. And I don't think it's unique to young people. I just think that given now that young people are more out there with their views, that it shows up more. So do you think like a lot of the pods we're doing at the moment are reflecting on 20 years of devolution? So do you think that with that 20 years, there is still a big gap in understanding of what each body delivers? Definitely, yeah. Because there's new issues, because not many people know that devolution is now on a reserved basis so Westminster has got a list of things that they can legislate on and anything else is down to the Senate and I think some people might sort of find ambiguity in that. Yeah I think we've got to remember that devolution is young and it's also in Wales it's constantly evolving um, I moved away to London and since I've moved back you know it's called the Senate now and it's got more powers it's got fiscal powers and I just think it is ever evolving, but you've got. It is concerning to me that we're twenty years in, we're in the pandemic year, and still I see people, for example, my Welsh friends sharing memes about the twenty first of June. You know that doesn't apply to Wales, quite a obvious one because the memes have been great. But you know my my first vote was two thousand eleven assembly election, so I am a child of devolution, I guess you could call it, but. I'm not entirely confident that I could explain, for example, the ins and outs of exactly what is devolved. Um, my former lecturers would probably uh, <laughs> tell me off for that. But also, I'm not entirely sure that I could explain in plain terms how you cast your vote at devolved level and how uh, the kind of mixed member de Haunt system works, really. So, and I would consider myself uh, fairly politically engaged. So that is a challenge yet to be overcome, isn't it? That we have, there's quite a low level of understanding and also 
perhaps, I almost said hopefully then, devolution will look different in a few more years as well. So it's ever it's ever evolving and there's quite a low level of understanding anyway. So that is a big challenge. I think that was a good point then, sorry, quickly. Um, that, you know, people don't understand how the voting actually works in a Senate election. I don't think many people know that you get two papers um, and they mean different things. I don't think people realise that, you know, one's an aim and one is a party. Um, and so, you know, that's another thing that we need to teach young people about. Young people need to be able to understand that and understand why exactly they're being asked to place two crosses um, instead of the one that we see in social media posts and things like that. On that point, how good do you think actual civic education within schools has been, Poppy? I think civic education within schools has been shocking um, in the most descriptive adjective I can think of. Um, I'm very lucky. I come from a school that really empowers my voice and really pushes me to be politically engaged. But even in my school, I haven't had enough lessons on politics I haven't had enough lessons on devolution I haven't had enough lessons on you know the electoral reform how we've got to this point I know very little and a lot of the information I know has come from being engaged myself and it's come from my privilege of being able to live in a household where my parents sat down and had conversations with me you know I was a bit of a weird child I was like 10 years old and asking my mum to let me stay up and watch the 2015 election debates I was a bit odd but <laughs> I you know, know that that's I... going to be our our clip to introduce the show now. <laughs> but yeah, I was a bit odd, but I was really lucky to come from a household that pushed that. And not a lot of young people come from a household where young where their parents maybe even have that information or maybe even will sit and talk to them about politics. So I think that it's really unfortunate that we learn so little. Um, and I, I hope that perhaps with this new curriculum or that over the coming years, this is really sorted out because it is a massive issue education is so important and one of the coolest things ever why wouldn't we want to teach about politics which is arguably the second coolest thing ever yeah it's very similar to my story poppy where i used to try and badger my parents who didn't really vote into seeing if i could have their vote for them but don't worry no electoral fraud was committed they never let me do it so uh lloyd what about you what do you think do you think there is enough engagement uh, from, from schools and do you think why do you think there's been this deficit in teaching civics to younger people in my experience in school with the political discussions they crop up and when they do pop up there is a good productive discussion about it and the teachers and stuff are mostly very aware of devolution but it's not in the curriculum which is really strange because if you consider that the Welsh government actually comes up with the curriculum you expect it to at least have some sort of civics in it where you learn about, not necessarily in much detail, but the basics of voting and what the Senate's responsible for and things like that. But it's, it's just not happening. Lisa, is it in the new curriculum? I think there is something in the new curriculum about kind of PSE, societal, civical education. I may be wrong, you're nodding. That's Not good. really. Not really, um, okay. The new curriculum, one of the 
key principles is to sort of, I don't know, for use of the better term, produce and prepare um, ethically informed citizens, um, citizens of Wales and the world. But there's the, the whole aim of the new curriculum is for it to be free to schools. And so one of my worries is that schools across the country are going to have different experiences of political or citizenship education. Um, I know that at the moment in Wales, the first opportunity we get really to delve deeper into politics is at A-level. Um, I And not many schools offer that at A-level either. Um, my school does, and I took government and politics at A-level, and that was the first time that I really learned what citizenship meant. Um, it was the first time I learned the root of the word democracy um, and what that means to me and to other people um, and also at different levels you know nationally and internationally um, and so there is a huge deficit um, in political and citizenship education in Wales and I think that that is partly because teachers are scared to teach it um, I think that politics is such a sensitive issue um, and it's not only party politics a lot of things come into it like BLM um, like the climate the climate movement um, and I think a lot of Teachers across the country um, are scared to teach that um, in fear of sort of backlash from parents or being accused of being too biased. Um, and so we need to find a way to have more open discussions about this. Um, and I think it's easy to do that. I think there is a way to have non-biased political education. I've spent the last few years of my life being apolitical and I hope to continue to be like that. I don't want anyone to know where I stand yet. Um, <laughs> you can take your guesses if you want, do as you please. <laughs> But, you know, I think there is a way to be politically neutral um, and just educate on the important things, the processes, you know, the democratic processes, what we're engaging with um, and what that means um, and educate on the devolved areas. And like Lloyd said, the re reserved powers, too. But something that Maisie commented on there, which is a shared worry of mine, is that this new curriculum is going to cause further disparity in schools and in education that schools get on things like voting and things like, you know, classical PHSE subjects. And this concerns me because if we think about it in a realistic sense, schools in areas um, of more disadvantaged pupils, of pupils who may be more vulnerable, realistically, they're going to need to invest more time on the typically core traditional subjects like English, maths and science, which means that these pupils are naturally going to have massive gaps in their knowledge on things that other pupils may have really easy access to, which is completely unfair and which personally makes me quite angry and quite upset because I don't believe that that should um, that kind of where you're from or the background of your school should dictate the level of information and the level of education you get on these societal topics that are so important. I'd say what's most disappointing as well is that young people have called for this kind of education from the minister, from Welsh Government, um, and it hasn't been embedded into the new curriculum. I think we had the perfect opportunity to incorporate political education into this fantastic, innovative um, curriculum, and we didn't. And I think that that is kind of a failure. Um, by by our country. Um, I think it's an injustice to young people and it is very disappointing, quite disheartening, I'd say. Um, and I think that we will see the effect of that, that. And someone said it earlier, you know, it was Welsh Government's curriculum and they haven't mentioned themselves. I think that, that was a bit silly on them. Um, I think that this was a good opportunity for them to boost um, voter turnout, but obviously they didn't. Um, and that, that worries me. And I also think that it'll strengthen sort of trends within Wales. You know, obviously some areas are typically Labour. Um, and so 
um, are typically right wing. And I think that, you know, it could with the sort of freedom that comes with it from school to school, I think that it could strengthen those trends. And that for me isn't something that I want. Um, I want for young people to be able to decide that for themselves. I don't want them to be sort of unconsciously pushed towards one side um, and away from the other. I think that that will be dangerous um, for politics in Wales, for democracy. I was really interested to hear everyone's answers to this because I left school 10 years ago, but it's uh, totally disheartening to see that uh, nothing has changed. Um, but I was just going to say that I guess one thing to consider is uh, the impact of teacher workloads and kind of how much time and space they have within the teaching hours to deploy these things. But yes, as Poppy and Maisie have said, that the opportunity perhaps was the new curriculum to address that. It's also worth considering that not everyone is in the school space. I think personally, that education on civics issues, politics should start in primary school. But obviously at 16, some people take on apprentices, some people go to colleges. So we need to make sure that it's consistent across the piece. And also I come from a really non-political family and my school was woeful in this space. So I actually became politicized or educated myself at university. So we need to make sure that universities have that capacity, that we're supporting people to get to university if that's what they want. And if that's the route they want to take, that there are no barriers to that from, so, you know, class, region of Wales, whatever. And also that the student unions at universities are properly funded so that they can deploy some of these uh, valuable lessons and also hold free and fair elections themselves. I suppose one of the things um, we're trying to do on these pods leading up to May the 6th is to kind of explore with our guests kind of some of the key policy areas they want. So I'd like to each one of you to just pick one policy if you had to that you'd like to see implemented after the next election. Uh, Poppy, would you like to take that one first? Yeah, definitely. I think an area of policy that I want to see addressed is obviously the climate crisis. And personally for me, this may be a bit ambitious, but I would love to see a really well-structured reforestation plan and de zero deforestation from Wales. And as well, I am hopeful to see that single-use plastics abandoned. I think these are basic things that we now have alternatives for that we can do. Um, and I think that they're really important and really impactful. So that's kind of my... Um, quietly optimistic hopes um, for the result of this election. <laughs> <laughs> like Poppy, I think that a ban on single-use plastics would be fantastic. I think, you know, we're on our way to that and I'd like to see that in the next few years or so. Um, but an area of interest for me is definitely education. I think that COVID has shown that there are different ways to work, um, which is fantastic. I think this is the perfect opportunity for exam reform. Um, you know, other nations don't use examinations in the same style that we do. And I think this would be a great opportunity to look at how education affects young people, how exams affect young people. Um, and really take on board that and, well, potentially get rid of exams um, as a whole. That's quite ambitious. I don't think the education minister will like hearing that um, or qualifications Wales, but that's what I want. <laughs> well, it's incredibly difficult to just choose one. And like with Poppy and Maisie, it boils back down to the environment, basically. I think the amount of packaging and stuff and plastic and all that that some products have is disgusting 
and if if that if the Welsh government can sort of if they don't have the power to completely ban that sort of thing to at least do everything within their power to phase out things like over packaging and just general littering and stuff like that that even in I live quite rurally here in the middle of nowhere and you go down country lanes and there's rubbish all down the sides and it's just absolutely vile and something has got to be done about it. I've recently invested in a litter picker so now I am actually litter picking my rural roads in Carmarthenshire so the residents of Carmarthenshire can thank me um, but our one policy would be a student mental health strategy for all students in post-16 education and that needs to be underpinned by long-term ring fence funding not dribs and drabs of funding at the whims of minister when they feel like it um, mental health services need to be able to plan so they need um, a budget that they can work to as you all know this is a, a podcast that is pretty much about elections so we are going to ask you what you think the result of the upcoming election will be not what you want what you think it will be so we'll start off with Lloyd what do you think the result will be I think Labour will end up being the biggest party and I think they'll probably lose around three to seven seats probably they'll end up with about 25 seats and I think most of the seats that Labour lose will go to Plaid Cymru probably a three to two split and in terms of the regionalist you might see abolish get one or two of what UKIP had before but I can't see any radical changes to the government this time. I think that Labour might end up winning the election. However, I do think that it is going to be a bit of a battle. Um, and I do think that there is going to be really strong opposition and strong competition from parties like Plaid Cymru. And I think from the Conservatives, I think that perhaps you know, like we've said, there's been 20 years of devolution and the argument has been thrown about that. Is it time for a change? So I think Labour will win, but I think it's going to be a, ba a battle to the very near end, which will be entertaining and kind of, um, I guess we'll all be on the edge of our seats when it is happening. Um, yeah, like Poppy, I think that Labour will sweep it just again, um, but I think it'll be close. Um, and I think that the Conservative Party are putting up a good fight. And as are Plaid Cymru, I think Plaid Cymru's got a, a really good shot. Not not good enough to form a government here in Wales yet, um, but I think that they, they're on their way. Lisa, what do you think? What do you think would be the uh, final result come some point after the well, second I'm... week of May? I, for one, I'm really looking forward to the Battle Royale between three middle-aged white men. Can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, living in the Labour Party, one-party state, I think it will be a Labour majority. Um, but Plaid will see gains. And underestimate the Welsh Tories at your peril. Thank you so much, all of you, for coming on to speak to us uh, tonight. It's been an incredible discussion if people want to find you and uh, on twitter and learn about what you've got to say where can they find you poppy yes thank you so much for having me today um my personal twitter at is poppy underscore stowell which is spelled s-t-o-w-e-l-l but i also co-host a podcast with Maisie, who's here today and our handle for that is yfo underscore podcast so please follow us and listen to all of our episodes <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Maisie, what about you? 
Yeah, my personal one is at Maisie Evans, um, M-A-I-S-Y, no I-E. Um, <laughs> and yeah, our podcast at YFO underscore podcast. Um, it stands for young, female and opinionated. Um, three words that sum us up quite well, I'd say. Thank you for having us on today. It's been a pleasure. Lloyd, what about you? Where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Lloyd Cymru, one word. I'm on Instagram at Lloyd.Cymru. And I've got a public Facebook page that's at Lloyd Cymru 3 because I've got to be really awkward and have three different usernames. <laughs> you will see when we, uh, when we wrap up this episode, we are not too dissimilar there. Lisa, what about you? So you can find NUS Wales on all platforms. Um, and I am Lisa C. Childs, double C, H-I-L-D-S on all platforms as well. Wonderful. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard tonight, please don't forget to find us on Medium at Hereith Blog Cymru, on Facebook at Hereith Blog Cymru, and on Twitter at Hereith Blog. Thank you for listening to Hereith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.